0: and welcome to a brand new episode. Usually when I sit down and I say that it feels like it's been forever between episodes but it doesn't feel like I was sitting here that long ago so I think I'm making progress in the recording more frequently department although it's not as frequent as I would like but I'm getting there. How are you doing? Like how are you really doing? You know I know I'm sitting here pretty much talking to myself right now as i record this and whenever i ask you how you are or i send out my weekly newsletters every monday and i ask you how are you of course you can't reply directly to me um in that moment and i'm not able to respond to every message but when i ask you that it's me really wanting you to check in with yourself and to ask yourself how am i really because I think telling somebody, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm well, is such an automatic response for us. I think we can be struggling really terribly with something. And because it's such an automatic thing for us to just say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm doing well, because we, we want to ha- put that out that we're fine on the outside, even though on the inside we may be. Completely breaking you know I think we start to delude ourselves into thinking that we're okay we kind of um, we push it down we avoid it so those feelings are there but we just we don't acknowledge them and we just keep ignoring them and saying we're okay we're fine to ourselves as well I think it's really helpful to kind of ask yourself how am I really and to really Take a moment to check in with yourself and, and to honor your feelings and your emotions and whatever's happening and to not judge yourself and to sit with them. Um, so before I carry on, I just want to quickly say that if there's any really creepy noise in the back, it's like a howling. It is extremely windy today. And I actually tested before I started recording to see if you, if the wind was picked up, and I could hear it, and it sounded it sounded kind of creepy. So if you can hear the wind, it's... I don't want to wait. Like, I really want to sit and record this today, so I didn't want to wait until the wind has d- died down, but it is so windy. It's literally howling outside. I actually really love weather like this. I find it really cozy. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm just such an old lady on the inside, because... If I'm inside with my books and my hot chocolate and the howling wind which I'm I'm sure you can hear that I'm pretty happy Um, it doesn't take much to make me happy and as long as I feel cozy um, I feel content and I yeah I love anything cozy I'm I'm for I've actually started watching um Wednesday on Netflix uh, like the Adams family and I'm really enjoying it. I'm finding it really cozy. I really like the scenery and I'm finding it really entertaining. So let me know if you started watching it and what you are thinking of it. I'm only I'm going on to episode three today. Okay, so enough of that as you can tell, I always get sidetracked. <laughs> um, but seriously, I want you to ask yourself how you are. take a moment to check in with yourself, take some deep breaths sit with yourself, and then I have a challenge for you. If somebody asks you how you are, try and answer as honestly as you can. I know that this can be very difficult, especially if it's become such a familiar thing for you to just automatically say, I'm okay, even when you're not. But I challenge you to say, like, if you're really going through something, just say, you know what? I'm going, through, I'm going through a bit of a rough time right now, but I'm hanging in there. Or, or whatever feels right for you. Just be completely honest if you can. I've actually found that when I do that, when I'm honest like that, and I say, you know what, I'm not actually doing that great right now, but, you know, I, I know this will pass, and I'm hanging in there, but right now I'm not doing that well. It often causes the other person to end up opening up to you about how they're feeling. Because usually when you know, I say I'm okay or I'm fine. Or, oh, I'm doing so well. Even though inside I'm like, oh my God, I'm not. Then the other person feels like they kind of have to be doing well as well. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's it really does kind of open up a deeper conversation if you're just really honest about how you're feeling. So it can be very challenging, but it can also be very healing when you start to honor how you're feeling and you're honest about it and you have deeper conversations, you know? So since we are being honest, I have not been doing that well. Um, This week has been, it's been a really hard week and the whole of last weekend was really hard. It's, I feel like the past week, the entire week has just been rough, honestly. My period is due, how exciting. (laughs) My period is due in like a few days and the lead up to it has just been awful. I've been extremely anxious. I've been dizzy. I've been having heart palpitations. I've been extremely tired. I've been feeling on edge. My overthinking has been insane and I've been incredibly emotional. And I know that it's not just my hormones doing that. I I have some personal things in my life. I have like ongoing family things that honestly take a massive toll on me. And I can be doing well for a long time And then, like now, you know, I'm really struggling with my hormones. And then I'm more sensitive to absolutely everything. And then something will happen, and I'll feel like I've been triggered. And then, boom, I feel like I'm back in a depression cycle. So that's where I'm at right now, to tell you the honest truth. I've found ways to manage my anxiety. um, But depression is still something that's kind of an ongoing thing for me. Um, I'm much better, I'll cautiously say that, than I was um years ago it used to my depression actually used to be a lot worse but i do fall into uh some pretty intense lows sometimes and it's often connected to what's going on in my life but remember there doesn't have to be something specific that happens for you to struggle with depression anxiety anything um but yes i can usually kind of connect it to things now but um yep yeah, i was telling you guys to be honest and i'm gonna try and be honest with you i'm trying my best to be gentle with myself i'm, tr- I'm really trying um and I'm, I'm trying to just stay hopeful and to know that this will pass and i know that so many of you guys struggle with your like mind with depression and of course anxiety as well and when you have a whole mix going on and some health anxiety thrown in and some hormones and whatever else it can be incredibly difficult so I never share how I'm feeling for pity or for sympathy you guys know this I always share because I feel like I have a duty to like I feel like that's my responsibility um, like where I am in this space with you like I feel like that's what I need to do I've always committed to being honest with you and I know that by me sharing it can help someone else who's going th- through the same thing and that's why I will always continue to do so. I'm sure that you've heard, th- I'm sure you can hear the wind. Like I'm so curious to, to hear this back and to hear if you can. It would be so funny if you hear nothing and I'm like, oh, can you hear that? But it's extremely windy, um, I'm, I'm sure that it's picking it up. Now that our almost 10 minute intro is finally done because <laughs> I've rambled on for almost 10 minutes. Um, I think I should get to what this episode is actually going to be about so I know a lot of you guys struggle with those dreamy foggy kind of anxiety symptoms that actually makes it sound nice like oh dreamy symptoms but this is not dreamy in a good way this is those; these are the those symptoms that make you feel like you're kind of going crazy um, that make you feel very disconnected and they can be really terrifying so I did a post on this a little while ago on my page um, and I thought that I should do an episode where I can go a little bit deeper into it for you I'm not going to put a cap on how long this episode is going to be we just never know I feel like it may be a shorter one but I feel like I put so much pressure on myself to oh, this episode shouldn't be that long. You shouldn't make everyone an hour. And I am going to do shorter ones. Like I have some things planned out that will be a lot shorter than an hour every time. But I've been getting so many messages, especially lately from you guys, letting me know how much you enjoy the podcasts, um, the the episodes. And sometimes I think to myself, really? <laughs> like really? Because sometimes I'll sit here and I'll think, wow, Tamron, you are really rambling on. But you guys have let me know that you find it comforting and that you really enjoy the long, the longer episodes. So, I mean, that really like the feedback does really help me. um, Knowing that you guys enjoy it, so that you know, then I'll continue making episodes like this. But if there's anything else that you want me to do, any like ideas that you have, I'm always open to hearing them. Like your feedback really does help me, and I really do appreciate it. So before we dive in, I just want to tell you about something that I'm very excited about. I have a Patreon now, and I'm going to include the link in the description for you, where you can click and go see the different tiers. If you'd like to support this podcast in any way, please do check it out. I have bonuses depending on the tier that you choose, and I'm going to really be kicking off with it in January. But... You can already subscribe now. So I just wanted to let you guys know because I'm really excited about it. Um, and let's dive in. Okay, so I think we are finally ready to get started. Because, you know, I cannot just dive into an episode without rambling on. So because I have been feeling down lately, I have been drinking a lot of lemon balm tea. And I actually have some tea with me right now. And I brought the box with me. Yes, I'm weird. <laughs> because... It's such it's such a cute thing on the side of these boxes. This this is the traditional Medicinals brand, and I love their teas. It's all organic um, spearmint, chamomile, lavender are some of my favorites. But I've been drinking a lot of lemon balm lately. It's really good for emotional stress. It's really good as a natural sleep aid for anxiety. In fact, I think it was on Monday. I was very anxious on Monday morning. I had a lot of heart palpitations, a lot of those typical hormonal symptoms and i drank this tea all day and i promise you that i did notice a difference so i am sipping on that right now and i just wanted to read this little thing that's on the side of the box so it says with broad leaves and a pleasing lemony scent lemon balm is perfect to incorporate into your daily routine after a meal at the end of a long day native to southern europe people have been cultivating and using this plant for thousands of years Known as the bringer of gladness, it's sure to brighten your day. I thought that was cute. And then every tea bag has like a little saying on it as well. So on today's one, it says, If you truly love nature, you will find beauty everywhere. And I really like that. Um, I really hope that you have some tea with you as you're listening to this uh, because that was a long intro, but I think we are finally ready. So for today's episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over a few different symptoms. Um, it's going to be like that Instagram post that I shared. And I'm just going to kind of talk about each symptom a little bit. And I might even read some sections, just like a few sections here and there, out of my Anxiety A to Z book. And then what I also want to do is I want to read through some of the comments on that post, because I did see some questions in there, Um I thought that would be a good way for me to be able to expand on it and just to bring some validation as well if you can relate to the comments that I'm that I'm sharing. So let's start with depersonalization and derealization because these are always huge topics on my page. I know that they're really scary. I've had people that will come across a post in it and say, oh my god, I can't believe that this feeling that I've had has a name. And I was the same way when I found out about it because when I would have an episode of depersonalization, especially, which is, I'll explain the difference in a second, I would honestly not understand what was happening. And I would hear myself talk and feel like it was the straight, it's such a hard thing even now for me to explain. It's like it wasn't my voice, it wasn't me. And I would look at my arm and look down at my body and it it felt like I was weirdly disconnected from myself. I'd look in the mirror and that was an incredibly strange experience because when you're going through an episode of depersonalization, you feel completely detached from yourself. Like you don't recognize yourself. You literally look in the mirror and it's like you're looking at a stranger. And it's it's such an unsettling feeling. Um, I feel like just saying that doesn't, isn't enough you have to actually go through it to really understand and I know that so many of you deal with both depersonalization and derealization so you understand what I mean so the difference between them is simply that depersonalization is when you don't feel like you're real you feel like you're not really real you don't exist you question it you question like am I alive am I really here kind of thing and derealization is when your surroundings don't feel real where Can you hear that wind? I am sure you can hear that and I don't even have my window open. Wow, that's the perfect backdrop to talking about a creepy symptom, wouldn't you say? Some ways that people have described depersonalization are like, like I am an alien, uh, like I'm not in control of myself, I don't recognize my body, I feel like I'm living in the third person. And then with derealization, some people have described that as everything feels hazy and foggy. I feel as if I'm in a dream. Uh, as As if everything is moving in slow motion, like I'm drunk when I'm sober. You can experience them on their own or together, but either way, it doesn't matter. It is very, very scary. And I get a lot of... I feel like I don't talk about this one as often. It's something that I'm familiar with and I have experienced episodes since I was very young, but I didn't, I I, I mean, I had no idea. I I had no idea. I thought I was just going crazy for a moment. I didn't even know what I thought until I was much older and then started learning about it and realized, what, that, that has a name? Like, that's a thing? And I know so many of you guys have had the same reaction when you see a post on it or when I when I talk about it. I've always said that to start working through something, the very the first step is understanding what is happening. So, you know we hear, okay, this is derealization, this is depersonalization, it has a name. But why? Like What exactly is it? It doesn't make sense that I'm just having these episodes. So I'm going to read you just a tiny section out of my A to Z book where I just explain it. So derealization and depersonalization are both forms of dissociation linked to any kind of trauma or chronic stress. It's effectively your brain's way of detaching from the associated pain of that trauma or stress. It's your mind's way of coping when things feel too heavy or overwhelming, simply too much to handle on your own. I've said this a million times, and I will keep saying it. When we experience a symptom that feels absolutely terrifying, we automatically assume that our body and our brain is against us and is trying to hurt us, but it is the complete opposite. Our body is trying to help us always. So this is your brain and your body thinking that it's helping you. It's helping you to detach and to disconnect. That's why you feel so disconnected from yourself and from your surroundings. It's trying to help you get out of your body, out of those awful feelings and symptoms, out of the reality of what's happening in your life. So it feels terrifying and we think something is wrong, but your your body thinks that it is helping you. If, you're, if you have been through trauma, if you can sit with yourself right now and see clearly why you may be having these episodes like for me it it started to make sense and became quite clear because I have gone through a lot of trauma in my life so I was kind of able to connect the dots and figure okay so it's probably coming from there and so that's what I need to work through through whether it's therapy or like you know connecting with my body more and confronting things instead of running from them the whole time Obviously, it makes it a bit easier if we're able to see where it's coming from because then we can kind of work backwards to try to work through things so that we have less episodes of depersonalization and derealization. And I I don't have all of the answers. I think that's why I don't talk so often about this one because to manage this symptom especially, and I would say this with pretty much any anxiety symptom, but especially this one because it's so closely linked to massive amounts of chronic stress over a long time and trauma. I'm not a therapist, so I'm unable to give you all the answers or to to help you personally work through it. I can simply share my experience to help you better understand and let you know things that have helped me, but I don't have all the answers because it's a very personalized and unique experience to each person. So for this one, I really would recommend considering talking to somebody like going for therapy um that could be very helpful and there are different there are different types of therapy you know maybe talking about it helps you there's um there's a therapy that where, where that where they help you to literally bring up emotions by inducing shaking so that's another anxiety symptom it's not one that i was going to talk about here but i think it makes sense so have you ever been really anxious and you've just started to shake or so you've heard some really upsetting news and you've just started like shaking uncontrollably I mean sometimes it can be severe and I used to wake right up into nocturnal panic attacks in the middle of the night like full on full body shakes I would my legs would be like jumping And I would, my first thought, thanks health anxiety, was that I have a fever because my teeth would literally chatter. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. This is a symptom that is designed to help you release excess stress. Your body is literally shaking off the stress, right? So, so there's actually a therapy that you can go for where they, and I know this isn't for everybody, and maybe you just need to hear this because this is a symptom that you deal with and just hearing about it will help you but there's therapy that you can go to where they will bring up all of your traumas and things and they'll talk you through things and then they'll it will start to induce that shaking and they'll help you through it and you'll just i don't know if you've ever seen videos on youtube where people are just like lying down and shaking and it looks it looks intense and kind of like like it looks intense but it's actually very helpful, and it's I know it's helped a lot of people, so that, that that could be another option for you or if you if this is a symptom that you experience, try and think about this next time and realize that it's your body shaking off stress right um, Maybe sitting down and talking to someone helps you maybe and this is this is a therapy company that I've partnered partnered with, and I'll include them in the description maybe you're too afraid to talk to someone face to face maybe you're agoraphobic right now and you can't leave your house and texting is easier um so the point is that there are options because i know the minute therapy comes up when i was the same if if this is you i would immediately say no no therapy's therapy's not for me no one can help me but give it a try you know if you've if you've dealt with a lot of trauma you're very stressed out and you're dealing with chronic symptoms Especially if, especially if you're having a lot of episodes of derealization and depersonalization, I would highly recommend talking to somebody or considering therapy. For me now, I still have bouts of this from time to time. It's not as intense as it was years ago, but it doesn't freak me out as badly. It still scares me at times, uh, especially, the, especially the depersonalization. Or if I'm out on a walk, and this happened recently, I had ki- kind of like a bout of of derealization when I was on a walk recently and everything around me suddenly started to feel really foggy and I just I just wanted to get home but I forced myself to just take my time realize what's happening I know what this is it can't hurt me I think that's huge when any kind of symptom comes up and now when it happens what helps me is I will just sit with myself it helps me to just close my eyes like just close my eyes just kind of get into my body and just deep breaths it sounds so cliche so cliche but it does help like just sit with yourself close your eyes take some deep breaths and just keep repeating i am safe i am safe in my body i'm safe so for the next symptom let's do my favorite one of all can you tell I'm being very sarcastic? Um, dizziness. This is a top symptom. It sucks. I was actually dizzy earlier today. And normally, when dizziness would come up like it did earlier, I would, that would have been it for me. Like, my day is just done. I don't want to walk around anymore. I don't want to do anything. I just want to lie down, even though I would still be dizzy. But the point is, it's, it's so interesting to see Um, And you'll see yourself as well, like as you start moving through and learning and better understanding your body, I knew, like I know that my dizziness is linked to my hormones and my, my period, so I'm able to recognize that. And the minute that there's not that overwhelming fear as a symptom comes up, it doesn't necessarily get rid of it or stop it, but it definitely does make a difference because it doesn't go anywhere from there because you don't have the fear it so I saw a comment on this post here um, by Mary Kate she said can you share how you overcame the dizziness symptom I've been struggling with the feeling like I'm on a boat sensation for months and then some of the replies to this I wanted to read as well uh, same this one is the worst for me even when sitting down I feel so dizzy on the inside sitting laying standing up the worst anxiety symptom for me too same it's been about 7 months for me pretty much constant 24/7 feeling okay so i get this question constantly i get asked about dizziness all the time if you have been here for a while listening to my episodes following me on any of my social media platforms or read my books then you definitely know just how badly i suffered with this one dizziness was probably one of the top symptoms that stopped me from wanting to go anywhere or do anything and it was especially difficult when I was working um, at a salon I used to be an esthetician at a salon in a shopping mall and it was so difficult because I was I was dealing with it at that time and it's a symptom that you are already feeling so horrible and so anxious about it and feeling like you are dying and then trying to have a life and work and do your everyday things it just it feels impossible if you're listening to this episode for the first like if this is the first episode of mine that you're listening to if you're brand new here welcome firstly i'm 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 so happy that you're here But if this is the first episode that you're listening to or the first time that you've ever heard me talk about dizziness, it may already be a relief for you just to hear someone talking about it. I know because when I started realizing that dizziness was an anxiety, like was a thing that anxiety could actually cause it, I couldn't believe it, honestly. So I hope that it brings comfort just already hearing me mention it. So dizziness is a symptom that... I can do a whole another episode on and I actually have one for you. So if this is a major symptom for you, I'm not going to really go deep into that here. Um, Just because I have a separate episode that's all on dizziness, I'll look up which episode that is for you in a sec. Okay, so I'm currently just searching on my Spotify here. and as I'm going through here, I'm seeing I have three health anxiety episodes. So if you really struggle with health anxiety, and I bet you do if you're here, and I'm so sorry if you do, I have three different episodes. I have one that's more validation episode, one that's my experience and everything that helped. And then my latest episode before this one was my health anxiety during COVID because I had COVID last month. Um, so dizziness is episode six. Wow, it's way down there. Why did I think it was recent? I think I need to do an updated one on that but it's a long episode. It's 48 minutes and I just talk about dizziness in that one. So if this is a symptom for you I'm not going to go into it here I just wanted to mention it here as one of the dreamy disconnected symptoms because I definitely think it makes you feel really weird. Um, But I, I would highly recommend listening to that. If you prefer reading I do have a blog post on it as well and I will include the link in the description but I just want to say here that if dizziness is a symptom for you and you're anxious all the time and you feel like you're going crazy or you're imagining it or you feel like anxiety can't cause you to be dizzy 24 7 this is just your validation that it absolutely can i was for years it didn't matter if i went to the doctor and they told me i have anxiety i just i couldn't wrap my head around the fact that this is a symptom so I hope that helps even a little bit and I hope that that episode on dizziness will help you even more if this is a big one for you. So the next symptom is one one that has always terrified me and would always have me would always make me think that I'm having a stroke. Can you guess what it is? So I've already mentioned dizziness. This symptom is not tingling in the face or anything like that. This is blurry vision. Uh, this one again just like dizziness just like most anxiety symptoms I didn't understand how anxiety could cause me to feel like I can't see properly or to have spots in my vision or like I just I, I didn't understand it it made no sense to me and the reason that it made no sense to me was because I didn't understand anything about anxiety so anxiety stimulates the nervous system which is connected to the senses which then heightens our senses so it's not just the eyes anxiety affects all of our, all of our senses our hearing touch taste smile but the blurry vision is one that made sense for me in this episode as one that makes us feel weirdly foggy and dreamy especially when you have blurry vision along with the other symptoms for me during panic I would experience derealization, dizziness, blurry vision all at once, and you feel like you're in this bubble, like there's like a haze, like a veil, like a haze around you, like you're in a fog, right? So, this one would be especially bad for me during a panic attack or if I left my house because I was, my symptoms were so severe that I was terrified to even step foot outside of my door, and that's, I'm not being dramatic, like seriously. Where I used to live there was a Costco right across the street from my apartment and you don't even know how I had to the pep talk that I had to give myself just to walk across the street, grab a cart, go get what I need, pay, and then walk back home. And it was literally across the street. I could see it outside in my window. Like it was I'm not exaggerating. I'm not I'm not saying oh, it was across the street, but then you know, in reality I had to walk you know, a ways away. It was right across the street. And when I was living at this place, this is when my anxiety was at its worst. And every single time I would go to Costco, every single time I would have a panic attack, or even if it didn't end up in a panic attack, but it almost always did, I would have extremely high anxiety and I would always have blurry vision and and that would that makes you panic more because you're you're already feeling like you're dying and now you feel like you can't see but i think it's important to realize that this is this is what happens like anxiety affects our senses so of course during panic when your nervous system is on like full alert you're going to experience sensory issues and blurry vision is a huge one like i can't even tell you how many people deal with this one As with any symptom, the minute you're able to kind of bring yourself down, like bring some of that adrenaline down, you may notice that your vision is not as blurry. But this is one that can linger and hang around. Like I've had days where all day my vision felt off and then during panic it gets worse, right? As soon as we're able to bring the adrenaline down and like kind of come back into our bodies, the symptoms will become less intense but as I have to mention because I know I know it can it freaks some people out when I say you know the minute you feel relaxed your symptoms should, like your symptoms can come down and then people will say to me but but I don't I'm not even having a panic attack but I have symptoms but if you're in a chronic state if your body is in a permanent state of like like semi-permanent state of fight or flight you, you're going to experience symptoms chronically all the time and then they'll just get worse during panic so for this one it's with every anxiety symptom it's really long-term things that you do every day that helps to make them better i'm not a big fan of like try this quick fix and you'll be cured i'm i do believe in certain quick things that we can do in the moment if we're really struggling but like deep breathing is one of them um absolutely like the minute you experience any of these symptoms blurry vision what does anything come back to your breathing because when we're panicking that is the last thing that we're thinking of we figure out body is breathing automatically for us and we not don't have to put attention there but i'm telling you your body is not breathing properly when your symptoms are severe so you have to put your attention on your breath and this is something i was never ever doing like ever so really focus on that if deep breathing feels hard Because I went through a period where I was like, deep breathing isn't helping me at all. I'm breathing slowly in through my nose and out through my mouth. It's doing nothing. Try and breathe in and out through your nose only if possible. Alternate nostril breathing is another technique that I love. I think I do explain it on one of the episodes, and I think I explained it on the Dizzy episode. Um, and I do have a video on Instagram. I need to I need to add it to highlight. I'll I'll sort it out and I'll let you guys know. But I, def- I do have it on one of the episodes where I talk you through it. I- I'm pretty sure it's the dizzy one and I do have a video if you prefer to see on my page. but alternate nostril breathing or nostril breathing can be very helpful if you're panicking, if you're anxious, if you're experiencing symptoms and if you find like if you find that regular deep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth isn't working for you. Another instant thing um, is CBD. Uh, the the drops that you just put in your mouth on your tongue or, or under your tongue because it gets into your bloodstream really quickly and that can work within just a f- like a couple minutes honestly. I was so scared to try CBD for the first time because I also thought oh because I know a lot of people think that if you take CBD it's going to make you high and then you're going to experience all these weird symptoms of being high and then that's going to make you more anxious but it doesn't make you high again i'm going to share a link in the description where i answer some very common questions that i get around cbd that being a big one it absolutely does not make you high i promise you cbd though can really be helpful if you're looking for something to kind of help instantly Um, so the deep breathing the cbd magnesium glycinate of course i will always talk about it Again, I'll share a link in the description, um, like leading you to an article where I, I talk all about magnesium. I love I love magnesium. I feel like it's you need to give it some more time. It's not something like CBD that's going to work within the next five minutes. It's something that, for example, if you're struggling to sleep and you start magnesium tonight, you could, as soon as tonight, already start falling asleep easier and noticing improved sleep quality. But... In terms of anxiety, or if you're taking it for depression, you do have to give it, you know, two to three weeks, even a month, to really start seeing a difference. But magnesium is something that is a part of my life now. I take it every single day and I've taken it for years. It is an absolutely amazing supplement, and so many of us are deficient in it without even realizing it. So I really recommend looking into that um i always get questions about how much i take so i'm going to answer that here because you I feel like you may be wondering so i always take 400 milligrams at night before i go to bed that's the dose that really helps me to fall asleep when i was really in the worst anxiety and i just could never fall asleep i would take 600 to 800 to fall asleep 800 is quite a high dose and it can affect your stomach um it's not like the citrate form though that can cause stomach cramps and diarrhea and things but it can it can affect your stomach and loosen up your stools a little bit but i I honestly 400 to 600 milligrams is usually the sweet dose for helping you to fall asleep so right now i do that and then just because my anxiety has been a little bit worse lately i've been taking um 200 milligrams in the morning as well you can take up to a thousand which is quite high but you can take that it's safe um Always do check with your doctor if you have any concerns or anything, though, or if you're taking any meds and you, you're not sure about interactions, but I was taking up to 1,000 milligrams during my worst anxiety. Um, I was taking 600 at a time to fall asleep. I was taking it throughout the day, but now I'm on a dose of about 400 to 600 milligrams total a day. I feel like I've been stuck on giving like quick tips just for one symptom here, and I'm not moving on to the next symptom, but... Please keep in mind that these tips that I'm giving can be used for any anxiety symptom, for any of the ones that I've mentioned, like in the moment to help you. Um, And if you start doing them every single day, you will start to notice the long-term benefits of them as well. Like the breathing, for example, the more you do it, the more automatic it becomes. So if you start adding a deep breathing ritual into your daily life, setting aside, honestly, if if it's difficult for you to stick to something and this feels hard, Setting a timer on your phone for two minutes in the morning and two minutes at night. And in those two minutes, you just take deep breaths. If your mind is overthinking, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It's completely natural for our minds to wonder. But setting the timer and making the morning and the evening, of course you can do more. But like, start there if that's all that you can do. And then gradually increasing the time each day, each week, each month, until it starts to become a habit and it just becomes a natural part of your of your daily life. And you'll notice that in stressful situations, because you've been setting aside these times to focus on your breathing, not just when you're stressed, but just taking time each day to do it regardless of how you're feeling or what's going on, your body just starts to automatically take deeper breaths. It's, it's amazing how quickly our body actually adapts to new new things and changes that we make so that's something to consider it's the small things that you do each day that start to build up I know so many of you or so many of us we want a quick fix to something we want to be we want to feel better now and I totally get that and like with the CBD and and that you you definitely there are ways to kind of bring down the intensity of your symptoms in the moment but for long-term relief so that you're not living like this every day it really comes down to the small things that you do so I don't want to ramble on and on and on because the point of this episode and we are what like almost 40 minutes in the point of this episode was to kind of quickly go through each of the symptoms and um, But you know what, I never really plan things out and it includes my letters I send out every week I don't like to plan things out I like to have a rough outline and then kind of see where it goes because I feel like That's how it's meant to go and I like to just kind of follow it naturally If you'd like to know every single thing that helped me, I do recommend my first book I recommend both of my books. I feel like both of them can help you. My first book is my story and the main symptoms that I dealt with and walking you through my worst days and we go deep into nutrition and everything that just helped me to start to heal and move forward and then my second book my A to Z is the it's it's a book that you're not going to read just once you're going to go back to it every day if you suffer with health anxiety and are someone that needs constant reassurance which I totally get or you constantly on google my A to Z book is one that I wrote so that you don't have to go to google um and constantly end up in those panic spirals because you you're seeing that your symptoms mean that you're dying or something so it's a book that you'll refer back to daily and the difference between it is in this book I've included every symptom every single symptom everything related to anxiety I've included my experience with it I've included some of your guys experiences I've included things that help me I've included things that I don't even do like I've included every supplement that could help you manage your anxiety, even ones that I don't take. But I've learned from other people that it's very helpful, and I've done my own research on them. So I do recommend my books because I feel like I could sit here and go on and on and talk about each and every single thing, but then we're going to be here for hours. So those are just some top things. Um, Herbal teas help me a lot as well. Just adding in two cups of herbal tea a day and... Start drinking more water as well, staying hydrated. So many of us are slightly dehydrated without even realizing it, and that can aggravate anxiety symptoms. Add in teas that help to support your nervous system: lemon balm, tulsi, chamomile, lavender. Uh, of course, my brain is drawing a blank, and I suddenly can't think of one more tea. <laughs> Spearmint. Like I have a, I have a post on teas on my page, but. Try adding in two cups of tea a day and making sure that you're sipping on water throughout your day. That's one small change that you can make that can really make a big difference as well. Okay, now that I've shared a bunch of things that could possibly help you, I'm going to go through the rest of the symptoms and I'm not going to go too deep into things that can help because everything that I've mentioned before here can help with any of the symptoms. So extreme fatigue. When you are tired to the point of feeling like you can barely hold your head up and function through your day, when you do manage to get sleep but still feel like you haven't slept at all, it can very quickly lead you down a path of thinking that you, ha- you must be sick because it's not normal to be this tired, right? I used to be tired constantly. It was just something that I just got used to. I was just tired all the time. Whether I slept, whether I didn't sleep, it didn't matter. Most of the time I, I wasn't sleeping, or I was waking up into panic attacks night after night, or I was dealing with hypnic jerks, which is that feeling like you're falling as you're falling asleep. And I would be afraid to fall asleep because I didn't want to experience it. Um or I was waking up like with morning anxiety every day and feeling sluggish and sick to my stomach and I, I just most of the time I wasn't sleeping, but when even when I did sleep and I had like what, a good night with no nightmares even, I would still be tired. I was always tired and I worried about this one. I really did. I remember doing a lot of googling on, is it normal to be tired? Can stress make you tired? Um, but then even when I wasn't stressed, I, w- I was tired and it was it was horrible. And I know a lot of you guys can relate to this as well. I think extreme fatigue is one of the most common anxiety symptoms. And I feel like while we all may experience different symptoms, I feel like this is one that we all have, like definitely, like we're all tired, we are all tired, so I just want to let you know that if you experience this symptom, it is so common. Um, I need to do a separate episode just on this one because I do have a lot of tips to share here and I do have some posts on my page where I give you some ways to manage it in the moment and to get some energy b12 um supplement a b12 supplement can really really help um i take a b12 supplement every single day i'll i'll share a link in the description of the form that i like because there's different forms and the one i'll share the one that's more absorbable um and then fire breathing these are all kind of well the b12 can help in the long term but the fire breathing this is more of a instant fix so fire breathing just search fire breathing on youtube that's a really good one to help um they don't recommend that you do it on the first few days of your period so do keep that in mind but extreme fatigue guys this one is common so if you've been in the loop of worry and fear and googling and down that google hole of that google hell hole i'm telling you this is a very common symptom and we're all tired i promise you So ear ringing and ear pressure, you know when your ears just don't feel right, you know when your ears feel blocked, Um, when I was sick recently, my nose was blocked, my ears were blocked, I was so congested and I felt so strange and foggy, I feel like when your ears are blocked, it can cause you to feel very dreamlike and foggy and strange, so this is something that I found incredibly interesting and I had no idea. I did notice that when I was very anxious, I would, I'm, I'm sorry if you hear any banging, because there's construction going on in my building as well, so we've got the wind howling in the back, we have some construction happening on the other side, <laughs> um, I'm, I hope that it's not picking it all up very clearly, but anyway, moving on. I had no idea that stress hormones can actually have such an impact on your ears, I mean, like I was saying, I did notice that I was experiencing a lot of ringing or my ears felt weird. I get pain in them and like a lot of tightness. I would sometimes get a lot of intense head pressure and then my ears would feel like there was a lot of pressure in them as well. And I didn't really think about it. Like I just thought it has to do with, you know, my tension, headache and stuff. But stress hormones can actually change. And this is so interesting. Stress hormones can change the pressure in your middle ear. And then that can lead to the popping and pre- and um the popping and pressing the popping and pressure so it's like your ears are bl- you know when your ears are blocked and you have to keep yawning or like when you've changed altitude and you have to chew gum it's it does the same thing i mean how crazy is that and then another ear symptom would be or hearing symptom would be auditory exclusion which is when it's, when you're panicking and it feels like, for me what would happen is it would feel like I can't hear out of my one ear and then my ear would start ringing like really intensely and then it would feel like I can't hear properly. So auditory exclusion is, it happens because your brain considers hearing to be the least important sense during panic. So then your hearing is suppressed so that more attention can be focused on your other senses. That to me is honestly fascinating. Like I'm used to it now because I I learned about this a long time ago, but I mean, if you're hearing this for the first time, it may be like amazing for you. It's just, it's so interesting to me. So if you have those symptoms, yes, stress and anxiety may be a contributing factor to that. So heavy limbs is another one. Again, this one this one makes sense to me as a, as a symptom that can make you feel very disconnected because you don't feel like you're in control of your body or like your body is yours when things feel completely different and when your limbs feel really heavy. Um, it's like you know when you've been drinking and you're you're tipsy and you feel just like you're kind of sinking into wherever you're sitting. But it's, ple- it's a pleasant feeling and you enjoy it. But when you're not tipsy or drunk and everything just feels really heavy, it can be really scary. So I'm going to read a section out of my A to Z here just to explain how anxiety can contribute to heavy limbs. The fight or flight response causes blood to rush to or away from different areas of the body depending on which area your brain thinks may need it most in that moment. I really hope that construction's not annoying, because it's annoying me. (laughs) For example, if blood rushes out of your legs to your arms to make you stronger, your legs may feel quite weak and unsteady. That's when you experience, like, you know, those jelly legs. However, if blood rushes to your legs to help you run faster, your legs may feel quite heavy due to this rush of blood, and they may even feel tingly. I'd always describe it as feeling like certain body parts were fizzing or buzzing when I felt the blood rush there. Your muscles also tighten up as a part of the stress response, and this tightening may cause a feeling of heaviness that is only intensified when extra blood is in that body part too. Even though I know all of this stuff and I've known it for a long time, like just sitting here and reading through it again with you guys, it's it still fascinates me just how just how our bodies work and the impact that anxiety has. And it's our body always thinks that it's helping us. And all the changes that happen in our body when our brain believes that we're in danger, it's really fascinating to me. And I think when I started to move away from fear to rather becoming curious and wanting to understand, that really helped me to start to break through the fear. Because like, when you don't understand something, the fear is a lot more intense. So that's why I'm always trying to help you guys learn and understand. So for this one finding ways to just kind of like tighten up your muscles so there's the area of your body that's feeling really heavy. Find a way to kind of clench it up and then release it. And then clench it up really tightly, as tight as tight as you can, and then just release it. And you can do this throughout your day. I find this can be really helpful. Um, also, magnesium glycinate can go a long way in helping with this as well, and helping with areas of tension that's causing the, that may be contributing to the heavy feeling. And then what I also really like is a magnesium gel. Wow, I really hope that this episode's okay with like all the banging going on. (laughs) Um, But because what happens is when when the banging starts, I lose my train of thought. So I hope you're still with me. But applying a magnesium gel like externally directly onto areas of tightness or even pain. Because when you, especially in the shoulders and the neck, right? I often get questions about that as well. Like, I have so much pain in my neck and my shoulders. Why? I don't understand how anxiety can do this. It's, that is an area that a lot of us carry a lot of tension without even realizing it. And the longer that we carry tension there without releasing it, the more likely we are to experience pain. So just being very aware throughout the day of where you're holding tension. For me, and I realize I'm doing it right now, this has always been a struggle for me. I always hold tension in my stomach. Like, I can... I always, like... It's like I'm sucking my stomach in. Like, I I realize that I do that. And I've only become aware of it now, just talking to you and, you know, talking to you about being aware of where you're holding tension. And then as I release it now, it just... It's like a relief. So, as you're sitting here with me right now, like, kind of do a, a body scan from head to toe. Um, and just... Pay attention to different areas of your body and see where you may be holding tension. Just release it. If there's an area that feels especially tight, tighten it up even more and then just release it. And have a big sigh because it feels good. This is where yoga has really, really helped me. It's helped me to feel a lot more connected to myself and my body. Because when I was really struggling with anxiety, like during my absolute worst days, I did not feel connected to myself at all. But yoga has really helped me to come more into my body and that can be extremely helpful if you are currently afraid of your body, if you're constantly dealing with symptoms that feel foreign, like you feel like you're just not in touch with yourself at all. Like yoga can really help. Daily stretches and meditation and like I said, not doing everything at once, just small things each day add up. So I think that is pretty much it for this episode we all know i could go on and on but i need to i need to wrap it up because we're almost at an hour here um i think i touched on on the top ones there's there will be more um but those are some of the top ones that i often get questions about and that i know can make you feel really dreamy and strange and disconnected and then as a result can lead to panic so i really hope that this episode has brought As I always say, even as just a tiny bit of comfort, I hope that it's brought you that today and that you feel validated as well. I think that's so important. I am going to go and make some lunch now. I just want to thank you for just being here with me and being part of this community and making it feel like a space that I can be vulnerable and share things with you. Like It it really does mean a lot to me and you know when I started recording podcasts I was absolutely terrified it doesn't matter that there was no one here and I was on I was by myself recording and I and I knew that you know that if I mess up or if it sounds weird I'm not live or anything but I was so nervous and wow just let's just give it up for the wind this is like wind day some more I swear I'm gonna put that in the title (laughs) but I was honestly so nervous and I had to keep taking breaks and I was so short of breath because even though, it's like, you know, anxiety, we we anticipate. So even though I knew that I wasn't live, I knew that people were going to probably be hearing this and that scared, that really scared me. And it's just amazing that I'm at a point now where I sit down and I I don't feel those nerves anymore and I, I, I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy it. This morning was hard, and I felt really low this morning. Um, And the minute I sat down here and started just talking to you guys, I instantly felt my mood lift. So I want to thank you for being part of the community and allowing me to have a space to share my life with you and things with you. And knowing that by me sharing that it actually can make a difference and does help you guys, i mean that's it's amazing, it's amazing, and it it means the world to me and it makes me happier than I could ever explain in words. I'm going to love and leave you because yep i'm I'm checking the time, and it's we're more than fifty minutes in now. It is a very gloomy day um it's a very gloomy and a very windy day and it's making me want to go watch some creepy movies even though i should be watching christmas movies um i know so many of you guys are like watching christmas movies every day and you're inspiring me to get more festive and into like the christmas spirit and then before i leave i just wanted to remind you again that i do have a patreon now i'm so excited about it uh click the link in the description to see the different tiers and see which one would be best for you but i have lots of like bonus things that i'm going to be offering you guys starting in january cuz i'm busy working on some things right now but i think that it's going to i think it's going to really help you you know move further along in your journey and provide that daily support that i know so many of you you need so thank you for being here thank you for supporting me i'm sending you nothing but love And I will talk to you soon. Bye.